Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Today we are joined by U.S. Today and international best-selling author Sarah M. Craddock. Hello, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> That's kind of, I'm not. I'm just now getting into the real things of using it. I, I'll be honest with you. I have forgotten a few times. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you a question. I want to ask you, what does Verona, Oregon, mean to you? Vernonia. Yeah, I grew up there. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, well, I sort of grew up there. My, it's actually, my, my mother, my mother, grandmother, the, they all were from there. Um, and then when I moved with high school, I, I actually moved to Vernonia myself and went to high school there. Wonderful. You know how much research I had to do to find that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like that's a, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things when anybody like you know, asks me where I'm from in Oregon, I usually just say a suburb of Portland because nobody knows where Vernonia is. <laughs> well, I, I actually got lucky. I went to your LinkedIn page and I read all your stuff and pulled up a bunch. Of, and then I thought, well, you know what, Ari, you're just an idiot. So I went back to your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. And I saw where you went to high school and I was like, aha. <laughs> I do. And I, I list that just because our uh, school was so small. We only had 40 some kids in my graduating class. So, you know, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of us are actually connected on Facebook. So I leave that there in case somebody from high school sees that but comes across the profile. Oh, wow. That is really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want to welcome the new members to the room. Thank you guys for tuning in to listen tonight. Um. Okay, so when we talk about uh, Verona, Oregon, um, how did you get to Kennett Square, Pennsylvania? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's actually a, a long story, but the short version um, is that after high school, I actually went into um, kind of a, cor a corporate career. I mean, it'd be a lot of... A lot of boring stuff to explain what that does. But um, throughout the course of that career, I've been relocated seven or eight times. So I've lived all over the country. Um, and I recently, well, recently, two year, two and a half years ago, um, took a job in, in the Philly area. And that's mm -hmm. how I ended up um, out here. Ah, well, and that I have to mention to you that we are neighbors because I am in Ohio. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I realized that. Yeah, <laughs> just wave out the window right now to you and say hello. <laughs> Everything's so much closer on the East Coast than it is on the West Coast. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, see, now as I was looking you up, um, you know, because you you have your you're not just um, the U.S. Today best-selling author. You are also an international author. Yes. So when I was looking that up. I saw that um, in 2015, it was announced from Amazon that you were one of its best-selling authors. Now, here's my question, because I was like looking and I was like, because, it's you know, when you get announced, it's very hard to find which book it's for. You know what I mean? Unless you're going back and you're looking at the dates of all your releases or, you know, yeah. or it could be on, or even an earlier balance, you know, even earlier uh, release. Yeah, so, it's easy. <laughs> no, it isn't. But so I was like, I really want to know. So tell me, was it for, I'm, I'm going to guess, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. And if not, we'll get into which one it is. Um, was it Surrender, A House of Crimson and Clover, Lanya? 
It wasn't. Um, ah. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think I've sold that many copies of that story, <laughs> to be honest with you. I actually took it off individual sale. Now my short stories are all um, are all bucketed in a, in a collection. But okay. no, it was, um, it was uh, well, I think the, f- the first time I hit like the top 100 on Amazon, um, it was with the box set from the first four books in my House, in House of Crimson and Clover series. So, Uh, and then, you know, it's just, it's happened, you know, a fair amount of time since then. Um, and usually if I'm doing well in the U S I'm doing well internationally as well, but I will say, um, you know, I wasn't, that wasn't always the case. (laughs) I was saying most of my, most of my sales were in the U S until around that time. Well, just to back it up again, I know I was wrong, but would (laughs) it please you to know that that particular book, because it's out of print that paperback is going for used $972. That might be a money laundering scheme. Somebody's trying to, I don't know if that's legitimate. I wouldn't buy it. (laughs) I know, but you know what? That's quite impressive. $972, right? I don't think that's legit. I just, I really think that there's something hinky going on there. (laughs) Hey, Gladys says she wants it. I, you know, if it's signed, I might be thinking about it. You never know. You know, I I might have one copy lying around here somewhere. If you get on eBay and auction that thing off now, I'm just just saying, put that out there. You ever get in a tight pinch? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, I would like to mention here The Storm and the Darkness from the series of The House of Crimson and Clover, which was published in 2013. Yep. What I find most interesting about this particular book was that did you know? that your name is mentioned alongside Anne Rice? Yes. <laughs> I did. <laughs> awesome. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm not sure specifically you're talking about, but um, there's been a few different reasons that could be. Okay. Well, your name, uh, and by the way, before I, before I get too, too deep into where it's mentioned, um, it has been, um, put to a lot of um, academics as being wanting to be put on a shelves in many colleges because of it. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I would expect a little bit more peak response to that. Well, Cause I was I'm, like, uh, I'm trying to think of I'm really perplexed at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, there is a book written. It's called Dracula an international perspective. And you are mentioned alongside, there's quite a few other authors, but I took note of uh, Anne Rice specifically. And because I just thought, wow, that's an exceptional compliment. Um, the reference is perspective on Dracula and the Gothic elements in society. And I was like, wow, that is freaking huge. I would be like bouncing off the wall. Why? I mentioned yeah. where? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get this book framed? I'm just saying. I may have um, to look at that book now. <laughs> you, I, it's it's on Amazon. I I looked it up as far as that too, just to make sure like you could get your hands on it physically. But what my question is in mention to this is, how does someone like yourself, uh, and I don't mean that, Lucy. I mean with such accolades, how do you keep yourself grounded with being 
um, put next to authors like that and being on the best selling list, not just once, but numerous times. How do you keep yourself grounded under that? I think it's just, it, you know, adjusted realities and perspectives, right? Like, I've always wondered how celebrities do it. You know, how do you, how do you remain a normal person while also being, you know, having all this, uh, this attention and all of this, uh, whatever. Right. Uh, and obviously I'm nowhere near that, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's just once it, once you get to a certain point, you start to adjust to it and then you just work harder <laughs> and then <laughs> something else happens, you get really excited and then you work harder. <laughs> uh, and I honestly, for me, I just work, I'm always working. I work, all the time. And that's what, that's part of what, you know, anytime, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Anne Rice or whether it's, um, you know, Jane, the reader, I get so excited anytime anybody reaches out to me and says anything positive about my books. It doesn't, you know, and I, and I hope that feeling will always remain no matter how many books I sell, because it's such a nice feeling when somebody says, Hey, I just really connected with something you wrote. Um, you know, it's just a big deal every time. Right. Well, I think you're a big deal. I mean, when I, I'm sorry, but I'm gushing here. Okay. Cause when I looked you up, I was like, holy freaky oid. <laughs> I was like, and she wants to talk with me. Really? <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, she wants me on her podcast. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> okay. There's no pavement here. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Well, I actually, because when I was looking you up, I was just like, wow, that's quite accomplishments. It really is. You need to take a moment and pat yourself on the back because exceptional, exceptional. I mean, everything that I saw, your covers, the material, your books in general just seem to have a, just an expert, expertise I'm not even phrasing it correctly. You know what I'm saying? You just blowed my mind as far as much is attached to your name. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, it's nothing that's not earned. It really is. Now, um, to get us back down just a little bit, um, if we could talk just about The Hidden Kingdom. Now, I know this is book three of The Kingdom of the White Sea. Now, yep. be before we get too dived into it, am, am I right in assuming that this comes to as the conclusion of this series? Yeah, so it, it is. Um, it's the conclusion of the trilogy, but it's not the end of um, the stories in the same in the same literary universe. Okay. So okay. So, but it, it is the end of the series. That's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> for me, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about the end. So, okay. So with that, can you, before you tell us exactly a little bit about this book, can you give us a little bit about the series for anyone who's not familiar with it? Yeah. So it's, um, it's epic fantasy and, um, tonally it's grimdark. It's not noble bright. So if you don't like <laughs> bad things happening to your favorite characters, it's probably not for you. Um, but you know, not, it's not all bad things, right? I, 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 I like anybody else also likes to have bright lights occasionally, uh, and lights in the tunnel. Um, but the story really revolves around um, a kingdom that is, uh, it's basically an island, like think Great Britain, that is uh, isolated from, well, from everything. Nobody, they don't really know what else is out there. And so um, they've kind of created their own, their own little world, medieval style world. And, um, you know, it's run by these, 
these kings who did come from this other place. And because they came from this other place, wherever this other place is, they're kind of revered as gods. Um, but there's, of course, like all, <laughs> like all power, it corrupts. And um, the story starts where the king is demanded that um, all the major leaders of the, of the kingdom surrender their oldest daughters for marriage to the king. Um, and interestingly enough, it's not the adults who, who object to that. It's the children, um, the girls, and they are like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) we're not doing that because this King is not known to be kind. He's known for his cruelty. And this is just a step too far. Um, and so the story basically starts on the verge of that demand being made. And then the aftermath of that, when the, when the four, um, young women basically take their fates into their own hands. Okay, so this basically uh, spear points around four particular women. Uh, well, so this is a pretty. This is uh, similar to like a Game of Thrones. There's a lot of point of view characters, okay. um, but really, it's the story of these four women deciding we're just not doing this. That start that spurs everything else. Um, and of course, there's a lot of different things going on, and the story becomes a lot bigger than that. But that's basically the catalyst for everything that happens afterwards. Okay. So when you say the kings come from another place, is this like a world or a universe or just somewhere else on the map? Uh, well, this is, um, yeah, I would say world. Um, but keeping in mind that they don't know, like the, their maps are only limited to their their island, right? Their kingdom. So they don't know what else is out there. But the idea of, and, if, and they've all tried. They've tried to go. They can't get there. Their ships won't go. And so they're, they don't know how to get out there. But these kings have come from there um, and are, you know, hedging and, and, and guarding their secrets. And so um, part of learning about that is uh, th- that, that, that is part of the story is learning about that. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about this last book or what you can without giving away the story too much. Um, well, the, I, <laughs> so I will say um, it's, it's a much bigger book than the other two. It's um, almost 750 pages. And, uh, you know, when I started writing it, I thought it was going to be the shortest in the series. No, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, what I found was that you know, one of the things, I'm, I'm a very methodical writer. I, I like to plot and to plan, but I also really love the process of discovery. And interestingly enough, this was a great example of that where so many things that I didn't realize I was thinking as I was writing book one um, mm-hmm. ended up really actually deciding the, the ending for me of, of book three. Um, and I really think that readers who got that, have gotten that far, who weren't put off by, you know, <laughs> some of the themes, uh, will really probably be satisfied with the ending I gave them. Okay. All right. So as we're, as we're talking about the kingdom of the white sea series, what would you say is probably the most poignant moment in writing its creation? Um, Honestly, I think, you know, so I, before writing the series, every single thing I'd written had been in the house of, well, the saga of Crimson and Clover world. So every other, every other series book all tied into that same, that same literary world, which is mostly set in New Orleans, uh, in a, in a actual modern day real setting. (laughs) Um, This was the first, I've always wanted to write epic fantasy. I have always been a fan of epic fantasy since I was a kid, but it was one of those things where you have such a respect for the genre, you're worried you're not going to be able to do it right. And so I figured at that point, you know, you, you've put your time in, <laughs> you've become a better writer, it's time. And I, uh, I would say those writing those first lines, 
I just had chills. I was like, this is happening. I am actually writing words that are not part of the saga of Crimson and Clover and they feel good. And I know this is good and I can't wait to see where it goes. Well, you have a big fan in the room because uh, Gladys is just going <laughs> all over you. <laughs> I, now I see it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Laura. Okay. Since you bring back up the room, I mean, not the room, sorry, I'm looking at our room here. Um, <laughs> since you bring back up the the storm and or the, the series of the House of the Crimson and Clover, tell me a little bit more about this series. So, um, well, the first book um, <laughs> was one of those things I'd been, I, I wrote it for, I spent 10 years writing it, not because it took 10 years to write, but because I just couldn't, I felt like I couldn't get it right. And I didn't feel like I it was good enough um, until one day my husband went, you know, you need to just do it, <laughs> just publish it because I don't know what you're doing here anymore. Uh, and he meant, he meant it in the very loving way, but I realized he was right. I needed to do it. Um, and now, when wait, been, one second, was that just the first book that took 10 years or was it the whole series that you were The first on? book. And it was okay, just sorry. a standalone story when I wrote it. Um, okay. But I put, what I found was I put so much world building into it. I mean, there's a ton of, of bonus content for this this series. I went, why am I limiting myself to one book? And that's when I wrote The Storm of the Darkness next. Um, but again, it was supposed to be a standalone story, not interconnected. And I realized that these characters would not shut up. And they wanted me to keep writing it. Um, and any authors know what I mean by that. <laughs> so I just right. was like, okay, I'll see where it goes. And I think some readers can probably pick up pick up on this because originally these stories were not necessarily um, as fluidly a series as as they you know they became later in the series because of that. Um, but I, it's just um, yeah, I mean it was it was one of those things where I realized I just didn't want to stop writing in this world. Okay, so when you were writing that, did it because you were so much now? Okay, before I get to that, how many books are in um, the series of the House of Crimson and Clover? So there's 12 in that series. Uh, and then, of course, there's other series in the same world. Okay, that follow along the same storyline. Um, yeah, same same general characters, same same two families that are core to that that world. Okay. How many, what are the names of the main two families? Uh, the Sullivans and the Deschanel's. Sullivans and Deschanel's. Okay, so when you got so much wrapped into this book, what did you find that was the most difficult to be able to move on to your other series? I mean, was it just because you hadn't finished this book or because you were um, so devoted to its creation? Did it make it hard to move away? Was it a bigger challenge for you to move away from the series? Uh, you know, I, so I wrote, before I moved on, I had completed two series. The seven series is also complete actually it's really three because I have, I had, well, I still have 11 short stories as well. So mm -hmm. all that stuff was done. I had, I had two books into another series, one book into a different series. And I went, you know, I'm just, this is calling to me. And you actually know what the catalyst was, the really horrible ending of Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's what was like, what? I remember just like having so many thoughts about that, you know, not that anybody really cares, but um, you know, and I thought, you know what, why am I complaining about this? I can write my own books. <laughs> right. And I decided, yeah. you know what, I, I can write an epic fantasy. Um, it's time. And, and it really wasn't so much, um, you know, I don't really, I mean that with love. I love George R. R. Martin and I love his books. I just, this, this, the last season just wasn't good. And it made me realize that, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of being a writer is when things don't go the way you want them, you write your own stuff and you make things the way you want them. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, my husband is very much into the Game of Thrones, so I will definitely have to mention your books if you're following along in that line, because he would be really interested. Yeah, um, they are pretty similar. I mean, that's that's really my, from a tonal standpoint, a subject standpoint, like Game, like Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire is really the, really my favorite for me. It's like peak epic fantasy for me, so... Okay, well, speaking of the Game of Thrones and your books, um, explain to me, if you can, what you feel separates from you from the Game of Thrones. I mean, you and your books, this, this other this series that you just did. Um, let me pull back on my notes here because um, I want to make sure I get it right. The Kingdom of the White Sea series. What would you think is different from yours from Game of Thrones? Uh, well, there's a couple things. I mean, it's a completely different story for one. Um, you know, and I was really sensitive to that, by the way, because I knew there'd be comparisons and I didn't want there to be any kind of, um, you know, claims that it was too similar. Right. I, I was going for a similar in tone, not in content. Um, and so the, you know, I, you know, where I think a lot of people, I think with, with Game of Thrones, you either love it or you hate it because if you hate it, it's probably because it's too graphic. It's too, it's just too dark in places. Um, and I was conscious of that too. There are some dark things that happen in my books, but mm -hmm. I don't go as dark as he does. Um, I don't kill everybody. I do kill people, but I don't kill everybody. Um, <laughs> I kill them, but I kill them in a nice way. Right. If I kill them, there was a reason. <laughs> so I would say if, if that was a little too dark for you, if it, was, if it was too dark for you, but only a little, you'd probably like this. Okay. All right. Well, then it would probably be right up my alley because I, I did think that Game of Thrones was a little bit dark for me. Yeah. But and the show to me got even darker than the book. So I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> my husband loves it, though, but I will mention it to him. OK, we're running out of time. Actually, we're a little bit over. but That's fine. Um, what I want to ask you is what would you want your readers to take away from this interview about you as an author? Uh, I think just, um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of always a lot of talk about what's popular or what um, readers want, and um, that's always at the back of my mind, right? When I, you know, if I wanted to write just for myself, I would not share it with anybody. I would just write for myself. Um, but I also, you know, anything that's in my books, anything I write about, is really true to what I feel was the right thing to do. I don't, you know, there's not, you know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't do something just because I think it's what readers would want. I do something because I think it's what the story demands. Um, but I do I have and I think some readers know this. I have put some fan service stuff in my books um, just because I think that that's fun, too. Um, but just know that it's real. I mean, when everything I write feels like um, it feels like the right thing for me to put on the page. Um, and I'll always do that. Uh, and I would never share something. I would never publish anything that wasn't really um, fully, you know, authentically me. I have a lot of respect for that. Thank you for sharing that. But also, I'm not a killer. <laughs> so I, mean, I just mean like <laughs> me as a writer. I've never done any of the things my characters have done. <laughs> okay. Okay. We believe you. I trust you. <laughs> um, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I want to thank our listeners. And I pray and hope the best for each and every person who tunes in. Thank you again, everybody. I'll see you next time on the podcast. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Great to have you.